0: what's good y'all welcome back to this week's episode of buddy to buddy and this week we are talking about something i believe um isn't talked about enough Uh, i think this is something that is really a defining matter between a christian who is about doing the work in the will of Jesus and a Christian who just shows up and sits in the seat on a Sunday. And it's just a Christian by name. Um, I think this is the difference. This is the difference between difference maker. I believe like 80% of, uh, people in America claim are, are recognized or identify as Christian. But I would say that this is the thing that probably set one of the things that separates, um, People who truly are followers of Jesus and people who just say they are. But today we're going to be talking about passivity, um, passivity, P-A-S-S-I-V-I-I-T-Y, uh, passivity, call me uh, Michaela and the B for, uh, you know, spelling. But today we're going to be talking about passivity. Passivity is acceptance of what happens without active response or resistance. Um, there, th- I think this is a plague on... A lot of Christians in the world today, which is passivity, a lot of Christians just get saved and, you know, get into a religious routine and they show up and they go to church and that's it. But I believe like uh, that's not what God wants from us. Um, God just doesn't want us just to be church attenders. Right. He just doesn't want us to be just he doesn't want to just fill seats within the church for the sake of filling seats. But when we when we give our lives to Christ, we are commissioned, right? We are, we are, we become active within the army of God and we are commissioned to do the work in the will of Jesus. Right. It's like a lot of people think like, Oh, I got saved. And you know, um, now I just kind of go to church and I don't go to the bar anymore and I don't sleep around anymore. And that's it. And then we think like, Oh, that makes us uh, you know, a really good Christian be just because we don't do that. Like, We think just because we don't, you know, go to the bar anymore and we don't, um, you know, whatever it is, stop. We don't we don't sleep around anymore. We don't do drugs anymore. We're doing that like we're good. But all we do is just show up on a Sunday or show up to a service and we know how to raise our hands the right way. And we know how to say the right cool Christian words. But we are um, dead when it comes to our action to the things that God has asked for us. And it's really a, a plague. Like, honestly, I, a huge indicator um, when it comes to especially people when I see when they walk away from Jesus has to do with a few things. Um, one, uh, they're you normally either never were active with their Bible or were active with their Bible and stopped. Two, either never had a prayer life or did have a prayer life and stopped praying. And then three, they became inactive. Right? Um, let's see. Um, let's see the the Great Commission. Uh, n- Ready, uh, great the Great Commission. Ready in Matthew twenty-eight um, verses sixteen through twenty says. Now the uh, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven uh, and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commended. All that have commended you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is the great commission. Once you give your life to Jesus, you are commissioned into that. Right. You have been given all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make and go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've committed you. That's what we're called to do. We're called to go. Proclaim the gospel, make disciples, baptize people, and teach them the, the word of God. That's what we're called to do. And I think, not I think, but I believe is like, that is the next step when it comes, because I, like I said, it, it's just like, we give our lives to Jesus and then we kind of learn how to assimilate in this. And really, it's it's what if we really want to get into it it's in this Western Christian culture, right? We learn how to assimilate into, all right, well, I don't go to the bar no more and I don't sleep around anymore and I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't get drunk anymore. Or for some, some people, you know. But that's a whole nother topic, um, you know, and I show up to every, and I show up on a Sunday and I show up to youth group and I show up to young adults to service and I know how to raise my hands. I know I deleted all my secular songs and now I just listen to worship and whatever it is. And I post my Bible verse, whatever. and And that's like it. But like that's not the life that God has called us to. Yes, those are things that we're supposed to do. Like yes, you should stop going to the bar. You should stop sleeping around. You should stop drinking. Stop getting high. You should you should show up to church. You should go to all the services. You should worship. These are obviously these are things we're supposed to do, but that's not just it. It's not just doing those things. It's not just stop cussing, but it's this next step of of going out and 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 I think not I think but I believe is like uh, passivity has to do, and we we can go down through, and we're just going to talk about a lot of things. But um, like passivity is is a lack of like initiation. A lot of people they they want to keep their um, they want to keep their uh, Christianity private to them. They want to keep their walk in their relationship with Jesus private to them. They want to keep their um, you know their their new life that's been given to them. I I just I mean, I don't really want everyone to know about it, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Right. Like in 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 the Bible. Right. They would when people would get baptized. Right. They would get baptized in public. Right. This it wasn't like we're going to go behind closed doors and we're going to have a little tub and we're going to baptize you real quick. And no one's going to see. No, it would be like, you know, obviously, like when the with um with, um, 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 I forgot, whatever, whatever, I'm that. um, but it was like, it would be like outside in public and like a public fountain or something like that public water source. And it's like, I'm baptizing you in front of all these people. And mind you, when you do that now, all these people see like so-and-so, oh, they're a Christian now. And mind you in that time, a Christian was not like how we hold it today as, as like, you know, just a, a, a term, but it was like a derogatory term. Like it, it was not a, a compliment to be called a Christian. Right. And in, in, in a sense. Right. It was more it was used as a derogatory term. And even in that time. Right. in in, um, in that time, you would people you would be marked like people would know and it would be like people would know that if you were a Christian, they would know, oh, that person's a Christian. And obviously at that time, like it wasn't accepted. People were getting martyred for, for, uh, proclaiming the name of Jesus and so on and so forth. But you like, f- f- first off, like you don't have, once you give your life to Christ, you don't have the right to live a private Christianity. Too many Christians want to live a private Christianity. Too many. Uh, you know, I just don't want to, you know, uh, you know, shut my religion down people's me man. And, yeah, I just uh, I mean, I just go to church and, you know, I'm i am a good person and I serve here and I do a little bit of charity and so on. And so on. No, that's not the life that God has, has called you to. A lot of people think that just because we're called to be meek or just because we're called to be humble, things like that. That means be be quiet and be passive. Nowhere you can find in the Bible where it says just be passive. Ah, you know, Jesus, you know, when did you ever see that Jesus say, you know, go out. And, you know, be careful, though. You know, you don't want to shove it down people's throat, but, you know, preach the gospel, but do it in a way where you're not shoving it down people's throat, you know? No. He never did that. He never he never uh, set a a prerequisite to proclaiming the gospel. He never did that. He never s- set these things in motion on how to do it. He said, no, you got saved. You are now commissioned to go and preach the gospel. That's why I love a lot of these. And I would encourage you to go and study in like church history and study these great moves of God. Um, You know, with like the the, f- the uh, uh, first great awakening and things like that, as like they were fed up with these religious Stipulations that they were putting in place for those who could and could not preach the gospel, right? You had to have all these things and you had to have this, this and that just to be able to know that the only thing, the only thing you need to be set up to, to go and, and start preaching the gospel is to be saved <laughs> and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. When you're once you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go preach the gospel. And I don't mean in a sense like, oh, you're going to get on, on a mic and, and and preach from the stage. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But like telling your friends, telling your family members, telling your co- co-workers, right? God's not setting up a prerequisite before you can go do those things. He wants you to initiate the Great Commission. A lot of people are waiting for it, for it to be initiated for them. No, God wants you to initiate it yourself. Be an initiator be a, a one who is going to go and start the conversation. A lot of people are waiting for someone to start a conversation with God for them. Not that it won't happen, right? And not that it not that in some places it sometimes it it is like that, you know, like we are in the schools right now and and by, like we we are allowed to start a conversation with kids about God, right? We aren't just allowed to just bring it up, you know. But if a kid does bring it up, we're allowed to have that conversation with them. But, you know, in those rare cases, it's different. But it's like, stop waiting for your friends to finally ask you about Jesus. Like they 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 will tell you they 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 talk about their beliefs to you. They're not waiting for you to ask them about what they believe. They'll tell you about which and whatever which thing And, and all these people do. People I see all the time now. People will post, make posts on on uh Facebook about you know palm readings and come get your palms read and I got crystals for sale and come get a crystal reading and so on and so forth. You you will never hear them say, "Well, I'm not just I'm just not trying to shove you know my beliefs down people's throat." You would never hear them say that. They they hold whole beliefs on how they perceive people based on what a horoscope or based on. Cards or based on rocks, and they will judge you based on whatever how the moon is lined up with the stars and the sun is lined up with that and that and that, and they will judge you based on that. But you will never hear them say, well, I'm not trying to shove uh, what I believe down my, down your throat." You never hear them say that, never not once. I just closed on my tab by accident. You will never hear them say that. Why? Because they at, they believe and they believe what they believe in. And they believe it to be truth and they they are they aren't shy about sharing it with everyone else. So why as Christians. Who serve a living and breathing power, uh, God, who is powerful in all his ways, who still is moving today. Why are we scared? Why are we passive when it comes to doing the work in the will of God? It's fear. It, It really is fear. It really is fear. Um. I wonder if I have these these verse, this verse. Uh, here it is right here. And another thing is like Christians uh, nowadays. Let me take a sip of my vanilla latte. Break. Lattes are actually whack. I don't get it. They just don't. I don't know. If you're a latte fan, let me know. But I think iced coffee is just better. Um, <laughs> But. So, or uh, even today, like I will see a lot of people, a lot of Christians. Um, not a lot, but I've seen some. I'm I'm like my Facebook and stuff, right? we where, where we'll see, like, you know, being a Christian is about spreading love and preach and and you know sharing love, da da da. And this it has been a thought that I I've come up with many times is. A lot of the times, and obviously it's true, like it is about loving, right? One of the greatest commandments is, right? The first greatest commandment is to love your God, right? And then love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? This is very true that love is very important and is, is the most important. But the world has, and we have created our own definition of love that does not line up with what God says love is. We are the world has created a definition of love, which love means I will accept anything you do and everything you say. All truths are true and it doesn't matter. Be who you want and I will accept whatever it is. That's what they they say. Love is. They think love is without correction. Love is without discipline. Love is without truth. Right. The world has tried to create this definition of, of love in a way that is not how God what God said love is. Right? The Bible says, God is love. He is the perfect definition of love. So if it does not line up with the character and nature of God, then it in fact is not love, right? And we have now created a presumption of what love is and not actually know what it is, because what really, and what's crazy to me is I'll see people share this and be like, well, it's about you know sharing love and da da da. but these same people don't won't share the gospel with someone. These same people won't sit down and, and, and disciple somebody. These same people, uh, you know, won't, you know, go out and obviously, in, in you know, go soul winning and things like that. Well, and and those are acts of love. Preaching the gospel is an act of love, right? Our pastor says it all the time, is the person you hate the most is the person you won't share the gospel with. The person you hate the most is the person you won't share the gospel with. But we'll say, well, we we'll, we'll just got to share love sharing the gospel is sharing love, sharing the word. And obviously there's ways you can do it. Right. I'm not saying that you should be that person. That's like Turner burn, You know, I'm not, obviously not saying, be saying that person, but sharing the authentic and true biblical gospel, right? We've created a, uh, a presumption of what it is. And here's, and there's this verse I'm going, I'm going, i go into in this for you. Right. In first Samuel chapter 15, 23, right. It says for rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry, right? We've created an idol of what we think love actually is. We've created an idol of what we think God is and how God wants us to operate, right? We think, oh, I just want to love people and I got to accept people, right? And this is why we see on TikTok and on YouTube and on Reels and on Shorts and on Instagram and on all the social medias, these people have run rampant, right? They've run rampant, um, Proclaiming to know what God, who God is, and what He's saying, and they're com- pre- preaching complete false things. Right? A presumption of something is something you believe without uh, fully understanding or fully knowing. Right? When you hear people say, "Well, I presume," da 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 da. Right? When someone says that, is that that I'm not? I don't actually have all the details or all the facts, and I'm not fully sure, but this is what I believe. Right. People have come up with a presumption of what love is, of what God is. And it's now allowed them to live this passive life because they think, well, God, he doesn't want me to shove religion down people's throne. And he doesn't want me to do, 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 do. No, that's not true. If you pick up and read your Bible, which is go back to last episode. Um, and one of the points was importance of studying and reading your Bible is it shapes our worldview, right? Our world. What is our worldview is how we believe um, it's pretty much our moral or what we believe our moral perspective of the world, right, on how things should operate and how and where we get our worldview is where it, it was, we should get it from God. And how do we get it from God is opening up and reading our Bible. And how do you understand the character and nature of God? You open up and you read your Bible. And then so you're not having a presumption of who or what God is. And then now your life, you're able to be, you're able to live a life according to how God wants you to live it because you're not presuming on who this God is or what his character and nature is or how he wants us to operate. Now you just, now you know. Now you're starting to have an assurance of how he wants us to live. And it's not a passive life. It's not. It's not. It's not a passive life. Right? Passivity is a as a, a form of independ- independence and isolation a lot of times with passive christians right they live a life that is to themselves christianity is not a spectator sport christianity is not i get saved and now i sit in the stands and watch the game and i watch the pastors and the evangelists and the preacher and the you know those who who just are just really on fire that's not what Christianity is. You as a Christian, we as Christians, once we get saved, you don't have the option to say, well, I don't want to tell someone about Jesus. You don't have that option anymore. It's literally you don't you don't have that option anymore. It's literally not. Not you right. The Bible says it it is no longer our lives. It's not no longer how it's no, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, like Christ who lives through me. Our lives have been bought with a price. Right. It is no longer your decision no more to be like, well, I I don't want to really want to share the gospel. It's not your choice. It's really not. It's not your choice. Like and and a lot of people are waiting for a prophetic word from heaven for God to tell them. Oh, you know, go and spread the gospel now. If I hadn't even had my I got right here. This is your prophetic word. This is. This is your prophetic word. If you version Bible, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. man. Hey, uh, <laughs> this is your prophetic word right here. Majority of the things you will do. Right. A, a lot of times the people I heard I've, I've heard said before. Right. People. uh, Someone's like, if you want to if you want a prophetic word, open up your Bible. Majority of the things you will do in life. Will come from the will come from the Bible you read. And not a prophetic word you just get out of service. Too many Christians are living a passive life, a passive lifestyle, because they are, we are waiting on a prophetic word in a service to tell us what to do. The Bible has already told us what to do. Now, I would encourage you to go to prayer, right, to get details, obviously, right, to, for a more detailed direction. But the Bible has already told you what to do. It's already given you a head start on where to start heading, where to get your mind at and what to start doing. Right. And how, you know, and this is the importance of, of reading your Bible is, is you start to get an, an idea. So you even when you go into prayer, right, you start to get an idea of how God operates, what he believes, what he's going to actually ask of you. So when you start to discern, right, the voice of God, when you start to discern, right, how uh what God is saying, you it line it's always going to line up with his with his word. That's why if you're in, a, in prayer and God's like, nah, don't go share. Don't go share the gospel. That's not God, because you won't find in the Bible where God's like, "Don't share the gospel." That's not God. It's not Him. He wouldn't. He won't say that. Why? Because the perfect God is love, and the the perfect act of love, right, was Jesus dying on the cross for us. So, if God is love, and the perfect act of love was Jesus dying for us and raising again, right, three days later, then that means the perfect message of love is the gospel. If you if listen for all my folks out there I'm I'm big on a love I have a message that uh, that's on the the love of God and being commissioned by the love of God and I and I love it so much and love the lo- I like I said it is so important I encourage you but you have to start to get a biblical perspective of what love is not what the the world says love is not what the world tries to tell us what love is and once you get a grasp of what love actually is and not a presumption of it we start to get out of a and, and it's just an excuse. Right. It's just an excuse. Why I just got to preach love when they don't preach, actually preach love, because preaching love is preaching the gospel and the word of God, because what is more loving than giving someone the remedy for the sickness of sin? What is more loving than that? What is more loving than pulling a friend out of the pits of hell? Pulling a family member out of the pits of hell, pulling anybody out of the pits of hell. What's more loving than that? Saying, "Oh, you're so beautiful," and you know, God just loves you, and da da da. Because it's not really about love; it's more about the approval of of people. And that's another reason why people that live pass passive lives, right, is they want the approval of man. And I think we see this so, so, so we see this play out um, even biblically. Right. We see Saul. Right. The is the, uh, the, the Jews. They wanted. They're like, we want a king like everyone else. Right. We want a king like all the other, all the early kingdoms. God's like, all right, I'm going to give them what they want. And they chose and they and the king was chosen. And if you notice how this king was chosen was not based on his heart, was based on his outward appearance, right? His talent. So it picked this man. And how was Saul later on? How was the kingdom of heaven ripped from him? Right. He was had a fear of man. He wanted approval of people. And he disobeyed God. And then the kingdom of kingdom was ripped from him. Now, let's flip the script. David, David, was the least likely to be king. Right. He not only in right even and obviously in a physical sense. in a physical sense. Right. He was the youngest of of all his brothers. Right. So even being the youngest, you don't have that that birth. Right. He was small. He didn't have the physical attributes. It wasn't like he was a strapping big young man. Right. He didn't have the physical attributes. And his father didn't even bring him in. When the prophet came to see who the next king of Israel would be. But what did, what, did, what did God say to Samuel? Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. He's seen David had a heart for him, a heart after him. And it, and it checked all throughout when we read all throughout David. Right. And obviously David had his mess ups, but ultimately he had a heart that was after God and that was for God. Right. And then we see what is the first thing David did once he became became king? He said, we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to bring the presence of God back to Israel. He said it wasn't here during, during Saul's tenure. While Saul was reigning, he didn't have it here. That's the first thing we're going to do because we can't do this. And this is a whole message for, for itself. Right. And he brings back the Ark. And while obviously and you go through and, um, you know, obviously you go, go all through and he's like, well, you know, I wanted to on the backs of man. And they did all these things. And then, what, what did it say? You know, the moment when he stripped down to his linen ephod and he started dancing. And people were looking at him like, well, what, you know, what is David doing? This man is bugging right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, David's bugging right now. But David, he did not care about the approval of people. He said, man, I just want to serve and worship my God. I want to have an, an outward expression for my life devoted to God. And I don't care what people have to say. I don't care what people have, if people like me or not, if people are even his own girl, his own girl was hating. Yo, David, you're bugging, bro. You're bugging. And God, <laughs> that's a whole other story. He, his old girl was hating. But David did not care because it was more about his love and his devotion and his relationship with God. And he was not about living a passive life. But he said, I will have an outward expression for everyone to see from my life devoted to Jesus. And that's a, a another reason for a passivity in our lives is that we want we want approval from people. And how do we get approval? Of people is if, well, people don't really know that I'm in love with I'm in love with Jesus. Then, you know, they might like me more and I might really be able to get hired here. And my friends might invite me out more and hang out with me and so on, so on, so and so stuff like that. So as we wrap this up, what are what are what is some ways that we really stop or really can learn to not be passive anymore? Well, here's one. Get in your Bible and the more Bible engagement you get, the more active you will be. The more you read about the Great Commission, about what these great men and women of God did throughout the Bible, the more active you will be. Statistically, the more active you are and the more active you are with your Bible, the more active you'll be in real life. Going out soul winning, praying with friends, worshiping together, so on and so forth. So that's my encouragement for you today. So listen, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this week's episode of Buddy to Buddy, and we will see you next.